Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. morning on this third Sunday of Easter and how good it is for us to be together on Easter Sundays. And we have a few of them left. We've had a few already and and what a joy it is for us to remember, particularly in these times when we've been separated and disconnected in many ways from each other, that we ultimately have the connection of the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus Christ with us this day. And so we've already had a chance to connect in a different way this morning through Zoom to share our prayers and our praises, concerns, and joys that we can connect and worship as well. And I I hope that even if you weren't able to participate in the Zoom, that you are able to have some comfort over the shared presence that we have with one another as we sing songs and worship together. And so this morning, we're going to continue with the gospel that we call John. It's our fourth gospel, and we're going to read a couple of scenes from chapter 21, and then we're going to focus in on that second scene, a conversation between Jesus and Peter to hear a a good news, a word. So I hope that you find that word to be something that you hear and connect with and believe and accept and embody and, and bring to life for others around you, because ultimately that's what we're trying to do is, is be a light for Christ, not for our glory, but for God's. And so let's read John 21, verses 1 through 19. Later, Jesus himself appeared again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and this is how it happened. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, Zebedee's sons and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter told them, I'm going fishing. They said, we'll go with you. They set out in a boat, but throughout the night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. Jesus called to them, children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered, no. He said, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did, and there were so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself, for he was naked, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they weren't far from shore, only about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you've just caught. Simon Peter got up and pulled the net to shore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. Yet the net hadn't torn, even with so many fish. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples could bring themselves to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. 
When they finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. He asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad that Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I assure you that when you were younger, you tied your own belt and walked around wherever you wanted. When you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and another will tie your belt and lead you where you don't want to go. He said this to show the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And after saying this, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We have two scenes, one around a fire, kind of on the lake, I guess, catching the fish, bringing it, and then cooking and having breakfast together, and then a, and a conversation after the meal. And so all this is kind of centered around Peter. And there, there are other elements to the story, but we find that Peter is kind of focused in on. And a couple of reasons for this that we can focus in on Peter is Peter jumps out of the boat and, and leaves the other disciples behind to drag this you know, humongous catch to shore. And I guess they don't need his help in Peter's mind, or he's just focused on getting to Jesus. And so he gets to Jesus Jesus, who has just helped provide for them all this, this fish, this catch, this abundance. It was Jesus who provided it. And then he comes short to shore to find out that Jesus didn't even need any of it, that rather it was for them. And so he says, bring them, bring some of your fish that you caught, and invites them around a fire. Now, this particular fire, if we were to imagine the scene, the smell, the sound of fire, we know that just a couple chapters prior, Peter was around another fire. When Jesus had been arrested and Peter got a little closer to the action to find out what was happening, he warmed himself by a fire, and it was there that he was asked three times in that scene if he knew Jesus. And three times Peter said, no, no. And then Peter was crushed because it wasn't just a couple hours prior that Peter had proclaimed to Jesus that he would follow him anywhere, that death would not even stand in his way, that he would never deny him. And yet, two hours later, he does three times. And here he is around another fire. And I know how I am, and I'm guessing I know how you are, that we tend to hang on to the things that we do wrong. And we hang on to them much tighter, and we hang on to them with more clear detail in our memory and we replay it over and again and continue to beat ourselves up with the things that we do wrong. Can I get an amen on that? We, we always hang on to the negative more. And so I imagine that Peter, in some sort of eager desire to display his love for Christ, drove him out of that boat. And luckily, he barely grabbed some clothes for the swim. And he arrives and has this meal and then has this conversation. And Jesus then asks him three times, three denials, three times, do you love me? Three times Peter says yes. 
And then Jesus commissions him three times, invites him to feed his sheep before finally asking him to follow him. What we find is we have this this denial, this, this proclamation. It's as if Jesus is trying to bring Peter back to right relationship. And it's not that it's not that God was keeping Peter away. In fact, it's pretty undeniable in our fourth gospel that at this point, God has already taken care of everything to bring everybody into right relationship and to have peace. Peace means right relationship with God. If we have right relationship with God, then we know that we can be at peace. And Jesus has already offered peace three times. Go figure. Peter has yet to hear it. Peter is asked, do you love me? And by the third time, sadness sweeps over him. I wonder if that third time, it's as if Peter cannot keep up his guard anymore, that the pain that lies deep within starts to come out. And I'm sure he wondered. I wonder if Jesus knows that I do love him. But finally, he confesses for himself, Jesus, you know everything. You know I love you. I don't think Jesus needed to hear that. I think Peter needed to hear that. Jesus already knows your heart, Peter. Of course he knows you love him. Did you mess up? Well, yeah. Yeah, you did. But Jesus doesn't focus on that. Jesus doesn't focus on the things that we do wrong. Jesus hones in on that love that we have for him, and he nurtures it and brings that to life. Why? Because he loves us. And he wants us to participate in what he's doing in the world. And so we know that Jesus has already brought forgiveness to the whole world through the cross, through the resurrection, through the ascension to the Father, and through the giving of the Holy Spirit, the holy breath that's been given. We know that everything's been taken care of. But do we tend to forget? Yeah, yeah, we do. We tend to let our peace be set aside for other feelings and other notions, not only about our relationship with God, but what it means for our relationship with ourselves and with this world. And before we know it, we're caught in a swirl of anger and fear and lots of really ugly, negative, terrible things, which then eventually, when we calm down from whatever's got us stirred up, we look back and hopefully maybe we carry a little guilt from how we, how we acted but then hopefully we move right past that. I mean, it's good to, to name the wound. You have to name the wound if you want it to heal, but hopefully we allow it to heal. And we remember that we are not defined by the things that we do wrong. We're not defined by our denials of Jesus Christ. We are defined by the love that we have for Jesus Christ that is a response to the love we know that God has for us and we know that God already knows that we love him. God already knows that we love Jesus. God already knows that we have the Holy Spirit. Why do we allow ourselves to become distracted from this truth? It's a good question to sit with. Next time you're stirred up about something else, next time you're fearful about what's happening to the point where you start to wonder what you're going to have to do for the sake of your own survival, who's you know, who you're going to have to point out with, with your finger of accusation, who you're going to have to be afraid of. I wonder if you just sit back and say, if I lost my peace with God, what would my peace with God have to say in this situation? Maybe it's a job loss. 
Maybe it's illness, separation, maybe it's death. Can your hope endure? Can your peace with God speak to anything we ever face? Can you find the love that you have and allow the Holy Spirit to nurture that love and to help it grow to the point where we, we just let go of all of the things that we've done wrong. And we remember that we're not defined by the things that we've done wrong in the eyes of God. So why do we define ourselves in this way? Why do we define each other this way? I think there's more to be said. And maybe we just need to hear God asking, do you love me? We need to hear Jesus ask again, do you love me? We need to hear the Holy Spirit's voice within. Do you love me? Maybe we have to remember, of course, you know that I love you. So let's focus on that. Why? Because God loves us and wants us to be defined by that love more than anything else. And then wants us to participate in the ongoing creative work that began in that garden tomb and the bursting forth of life and the new age through Jesus Christ that has been established. That's what we celebrate in Easter. It's here. It's beginning. And now we're in the process of seeing it all fulfilled. God wants us to be a part of that. And it's not because God can't make it happen without us. Absolutely not. God is sovereign. And we are simply invited to be a part of it because God wants us to be a part of it. Because through being a part of it, we come to know more life and love ourselves. God has always desired to be partners with human beings. Ever since the very beginning of the entire story, it has been a desire for human beings to be the way through which God works in the world. But God will work nonetheless. There are sheep that need to be fed. Amen? Let's get things right within ourselves so that we can then go with peace and love and begin to participate in the ongoing creative and renewing act of Jesus Christ in our world right here and right now. We have a job to do. As God sent Jesus, Jesus sends us. Not only that, but empowers us, provides for us. When we're casting our nets, we will catch all that we need to catch through the work and grace and abundance of Jesus Christ. Not because Jesus needs any of it. Jesus already has what he needs. But because we find great joy and peace and love and life in the work itself. So my friends, as we continue our journey into Easter and all that it means, go back and read John chapter 21. And if you need to, read yourself in the place of Peter as Jesus asks, do you love me? And as you respond, yes, come to know that it's you that needs to be reminded. It's you that needs to hear this message. God already knows. God's already done everything that needs to be done. And God wants nothing more than to work with you. So let us go and be who we are. And let us shine the light in this world. And let us tell of the great love that God has for every single person already. It's already there. The love has been there from the beginning. So let us be living lights and testimony to that truth in the name of Jesus Christ through the presence and power 
of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you experienced God's blessing through our time together. To learn more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.